0: Hello and welcome to another episode. So today's episode is going to be kind of get a couple announcements out of the way. Um, I'm really excited for this one because I've been talking about this red book and I write and it's in my sub stack and all that stuff. Uh, But the red book is like kind of my creative pursuit of like understanding myself and kind of like using creative stories that like either I dream about or have like weird meditative uh, vision stuff about, I guess you could say. So yeah, I mean, I've, I have those, but also I want to like do episodes where I like provide a more interpretation of it, uh, expand, sometimes expand upon my writing and also just like kind of reword things uh, because I love writing, but also I love speaking and talking about it and like trying to do this like law, raw format of things, um, especially in relationship to like just treating this as like my journal, but also trying to make it helpful and insightful for people, hopefully, you know, anyone listening, hopefully they find something valuable from it. Um, and yeah, so, but also like, I I have this other realization because a lot of the stuff I write about, even when I use like stories or vision or, or dream stuff, it's, I use a lens of trying to bring in like critical theory, uh, critical theory, like related to philosophy, Um, and like people like Deleuze and Lacan and Gutari and even like Slavoj Zizek, all these stuff like that school of thought. I try to bring that stuff in. Uh, and I love doing that because I love listening to critical theory podcasts and philosophy podcasts and reading the stuff and consuming the content from other people. But there is not a lot of it being done where it's used to analyze the self and analyze your relationship to society, relationship with yourself and how we pull things from maybe like the symbolic or whatever it is. There's not a lot of discussion about that. It's a lot of discussion about what did X thinker think about X, and then they—that's what it follows, which is great. I, like I love listening to that stuff, and it's very important. And I think that's a must. We don't have enough where people are like trying to provide uh, critical theory concepts to the world. And in addition to this, is like I use a lot of this stuff, and it influences my fiction writing. And I want this log of things. Uh, this, like, log a personal journal explaining some of my thought process that will explain some of the stuff I write about in fiction when I re- start releasing more of that stuff. And also, it also just explains my nonfiction because nonfiction is very, like, calculated to the point um, sometimes using more like fluffy poetic language, but I like the raw aspect of trying to have like various talking points and then trying to pull a new explanation out of like the fucking ether and the essence of something, you know? So I want to do more of that. And that's why today we're going to start with like, I'm going to just read the the story part I have. And then we're going to try to dive into some of my interpretation and thoughts that I had conjure up from this. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, but yeah, let's, Let's dive in and let's enter the labyrinth. I witnessed your wedding. It was ridiculous in nature. The sun was setting, painting the sky in shades of orange and pink. Gratitude question mark? love and acceptance was felt in this dream he stood alone in the garden watching as his ex-lover prepared to marry he felt nostalgia but not bitter or longing it was simply nostalgia memories of their past played on an old tv screen with weeds brush in the forest pulling the screen of memories into its core the sounds of crickets and cicadas and inhabitants of the evening garden consumed the environment in one moment the sounds felt like the music of nature but in the next they became the chaos of existence he fixated on the screen With his gaze locked into the the stream of hazy memories, a flash engulfed the screen, and there sat a dead plant in the place of the TV screen. He felt a ringing noise consume him as he peered at the dead plant. He couldn't look away. It was drawing him in, its shape resembling a tree with the characteristics of a bonsai. His curiosity was being pulled by the tree's air of mystery. He forced himself to tear his gaze away from the tree and towards the wedding ceremony. His eyes locked with those of his ex-lover standing next to her new partner, a shadowy figure, holding tightly onto the mysterious tree, the dead tree. A chill crawled up and down his spine. He repeated the phrases love and acceptance, gratitude, question mark. The two pairs of eyes met and brought him a feeling of understanding. So that, like, concluded the little uh, creative dream expose of kind of where I was trying to, like, do this, like, visual story aspect to kind of where these thoughts come from. And I couldn't help but like think of this line of like allowing the silence of what is dead speak. Like what is dead? Like I always think of like ourselves and, and how we relate to the world and how we have like pieces of ourselves like die away. And it needs to die away because new, when things die away within us, uh, we allow things to be reborn, to be refreshed, to come into being, you know, refreshing. And I, and I hate to, like, sound too voodoo-y and, and uh, spiritually with that stuff. But I always, like, wonder, you know, do we ever consider our desire for something? You know, in this case, that desire is the feeling of love. And the reason I, like, talk about love and, like, romantic love is, you know, I think we all kind of agree. It's like this, this thing that's hard for us to define. It's hard for us to comprehend. Like, even when we're in it, we're scared. We also love the feeling, but simultaneously being scared of the feeling. You know, it's like the most intense uh, emotional state you can have in relationship with another person. You know, and I think that's like a really important thing that we don't talk about enough. Um, You know, where most people view love as this kind of mini tentacled while being like this enigmatic entreaty You know, it's only ever partially understood. We never fully comprehend it. And we all kind of like accept this. We all kind of accept that we never fully understand it. And we like don't know what to do with that. And it's like, it's hard for us to be like vulnerable with other people and and talking about it and discussing it. Uh, But I think like something we also don't necessarily recognize or how do I word this? Like want to recognize is how you know even when you believe yourself to know it know let's say romantic love so use that you never fully understand it. it's always like just beyond the horizon like just beyond our grasp you know we spend our lives wanting it you know without ever like entirely knowing it. even like when you're in it i feel like within the back of our mind there's like this questioning of the feeling this questioning of what it all means. There's like this weird, like cosmic awareness that comes when you experience it. And I think that cosmic feeling of doubt, of wondering is something that's really interesting to consider. And I was uh, reading this book and I have it by me. It was The Singularity of Being by Marie Rudy. She's a psychoanalyst uh, professor and she had like some really good insights. She's kind of, a seems like she's kind of a Lacanian as well. She has some really good insights from Lacan about this concept because, so to like kind of backtrack and like this is where I'm going to use some critical theory to help explain this, you know, for Lacan, we have this idea of the symbolic order, the symbolic order of things like where does our beliefs come from, where do our thoughts come from, our passions, our desires, our drives, all that stuff. It comes from like this, what he calls the big other and what other postmodernists and critical theorists call the big other. And it's, it is this symbolic place that we're pulling from symbolism and meaning. We're pulling meaning from about ourselves and the world and, you know, what everything means, uh, we're, we're inevitably doing this. We're inevitably influenced by the external, you know, everything you think of internally is also a lot of it is influenced the language you use to express yourself, what you're, what you express internally, what you're feeling internally, how you express that comes from the external world of the symbolic, the symbolic order, the big other, that type of thing. You know, and there's like an awareness to that, the realization of that, and a real a realization on the effects that language has on you, what various books have on you, uh, the things you consume, the effects those things have on you. All that is really important. Like, I think it's super important to understand that. Uh, but then there's like a, another consequence of that, Is is why do we have this system of symbolism? It's trying to get us to understand something, to communicate something, to relate to something. You know, it's to be signified by something. You know, our relationship with other people. To to have a relationship with other people, we need to use signifiers, signification, uh, symbols, language. Uh, Those are the forms of communication we use, and we have to use that so we can get along with people, you know, it's like a trust thing as well. And, and how we form society and how we build trust in society. So like I said, it's like a weird thing where it's like, you want to constantly question it and question what's coming from this symbolic and how it's influencing us. But we also need to kind of accept it and and recognize that it's, it's something that will always influence us and needs to influence us. And it's inevitable, but there isn't like an awareness of how we can talk about influencing that big other. Now, from the big other, we have the Lacanian concept of the real, which I'm not gonna like try to dive too much into because it's a very difficult concept to understand. I probably even I even have trouble understanding it for sure. Um, I wish I understood it better. But uh, I read this what I read from the the book I was talking about, the singularity of being, is it brought up this this identifier of the real. The identifier being we are always kind of pursuing this symbolic object in the real and the real to oversimplify is this kind of like unknowable place it is an uncertainty it's like a realization of like a like a cosmic awareness i think or sorry my dog was trying to get up on the bed um (laughs) but back to it is like i'm not even gonna edit that out it's it's being raw um (laughs) But like the cosmic uh, awareness of everything and also like the recognition of the symbolic, you need the recognition of the symbolic big other to then recognize the real. But within the real, there is this object of desire, understanding of a desire or ability to maybe like destroy desire that we're reaching out towards, but we can never grasp. It's always like just beyond the horizon, you know? I know it's like a weird thing to think about, but it's like being in that, like a place of complete uncertainty or like in your life, you're like shocked out of something in your life. You have an event occur, uh, like a traumatic event and it shocks you out of your loop, your traditional loop, your symbolism. You know, it's like someone leaving a religion that was kind of re- realizing a religion, uh, hasn't been telling them the truth the whole time or the sense is like not the truth. That symbolic order of that religion, that organization, that pulling from the big other for a person falls away, you know, that idea. And then when it falls away, you get into contact with the real. And within the real, there is an object of desire, a thing. And that's what this book calls it. I'm just going to call it the thing for this episode too, the thing. It's like this authentic thing, this sense of relation of wholeness with the world. You know, maybe, maybe I don't, I hate combining like Eastern thought ideas, but maybe you can combine it with, in some sense, this is not an accurate one-for-one example, because this is not what Lacan meant. But still, like to kind of give an essence of it, a different essence, I do think it relates somewhat to this idea of oneness in Eastern thought. Um, Like I said, it's not precise, because the idea of oneness in Eastern thought is a little bit different. But I think the way people in the West interpret this idea of oneness is actually more related to what Lacan's talking about with the real and the thing, the object that exists within the real. And the real is not even like a real place necessarily. You can't exist there. You fall away. You cease to exist there, you know? So what I mean by saying all this is I think we desire that object. It's a sense of knowingness and unknowingness. It's a sense of wholeness. Uh, And... Like as you operate in life, you're pulling from the symbolic order, and from the symbolic order, like the thing you're pulling from is this mechanism to operate in the world, this identity, this personality that you have for yourself. And then when you when you pull from the symbolic order, like these your intersubjective interpretations of of people you have relationships with, and they're in the connection you have with those people. As you're doing this you're creating and influencing and changing that identity and persona. You're creating fictions. You're constantly creating fictions and allowing them to fall away. Whether we know this or not, it's constantly happening. And with this building of fantasies to then pull into a relationship with your sense of self and your identity, you use that tool set that sense of self, that sense of identity to operate in the world. We use it as a mechanism to find people we connect with, to build relationships. We use a made-up identity that we're constantly creating and it's constantly changing. I'm not saying there's like a true essence of us necessarily, but it's like this, this inner subjective, uh, you know, because like every symbol you, you interpret, you're going to have probably a different – you don't know – how others are interpreting that symbol. We constantly are using symbols. Language is a symbol. One, a word is a symbol. A One word, like the word knowing, knowing has a history. The word world has a history. Every word has a history and has a, has a loaded history of what it means and how it relates to the world and how it relates to a society. And then those words are changing. That's why it's so difficult to interpret the Bible accurately for people because they're constantly pulling from all these other outside resources of information that you don't even realize you're pulling from. It's just inevitable. You're constantly using signifiers and symbolism. It's inevitable. You can't avoid it. It's great. It's, it makes life honestly interesting. Um, but there's like, there, there's a consequence of this because now you need those relationships with people. You need relationships with people to build and alter that identity, to question that identity. Relationships are good for that. Now, some people pursue relationships that do not question that identity. They enjoy the non questioning of it. And the reason I bring up romantic love, I'm getting to the point now is there is this like idea in the Lacanian sense of how like romantic love ends up being the most, one of the most intense emotions we can have. You know, you're, You're trying to get super vulnerable with someone. Maybe it's like sexual with someone and you're getting to the most vulnerable place a human can get to. It is a window. Someone has a window into seeing you, a window into seeing how you hope to be seen. So then when you connect with someone, and, and through that process, that intersubjective process, which is inevitably intersubjective because you can't know what they're thinking for sure. They can't know what you're thinking for sure. There's this mysterious nuance going on in between people when they develop a relationship inevitably. Now, within those intersubjective uh, relationships people have with each other, you are constantly uh, developing and questioning and either... Either it, your identity is getting, getting signified back to it or it's getting confirmed and invalid, inv, invalidated or invalidated. You know, And you build this fantasy. You build a fantasy for another person. They're building a fantasy for you. And you're hoping these fantasies are connecting. And some people don't like the word fantasy, but like narratives. The narrative about the relationship and what you mean to them and what they mean to you and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But sometimes that narrative gets all filter it doesn't it's not working anymore it's not connecting anymore and that's kind of where issues come about and people have different ways of reacting to that situation in some ways right now the the point i want to like get to is our drive for that romantic love that intensity of emotion because in that intensity of emotion is also an opportunity to question our identity to reevaluate our identity to see new parts of ourselves that we didn't know were there to see parts of us that you know, maybe we don't understand, and we realize we don't understand about ourselves. So then we pursue those things. We pursue that feeling, that desire, that knowing, and that's why we we're driven towards other people, and we're driven towards maybe that person, especially because you, they you feel like you're being your identity is being seen, and and this is the key too to the symbolic order point. Is everyone around us, inter, like the intersubjective relations we have with people, including us, like including me speaking to you right now, I have my own interpretation of a symbolic order and, and the big other and pulling from that. Everyone you get involved with has a, like an interpretation. So you're seeking out people that validate your interpretation of the symbolic order or question the symbolic order in a way that you enjoy and allows you to change into someone that you want to change into in that way that's all happening very like on un, un, subconsciously, unconsciously, whatever it is. But then sometimes, you know, you get to that point and you get into contact with that thing that I talked about earlier, the thing, the object of desire, the sense of wholeness and knowingness It allows you to get beyond, like you become aware of the symbolic order of who you are, And you believe like you can see you're starting to glimpse into the unknowable object, that there is some true essence you're getting to this true essence of the self that you're getting towards and that you're going to achieve and get to. And those intense relationships like that can allow us to, to get closer to that. Hopefully if they're healthy, maybe, I don't know. It's open to debate and interpretation too, uh, I hope this is all making sense. I'm trying to like express my thoughts. Um, but sometimes, you know, we get, I think there's like a, a a forgettingness of how the narrative we create with someone, we get attached to it. We get attached to that comfortable feeling. We get attached to that relationship and that, that idea that we're getting closer to the thing the, the thing that feels divine and most meaningful, um, the thing that feels like we're getting close to the real, that thing, we get attached to that feeling, we get attached to that desire and we want to pursue that more and more and more. But then something happens in the narrative with another person and that shifts away. And all of a sudden you get snapped out of that loop that you were in, not a conformity, but that comfort. You get zapped out of that because no longer the fantasy that you had, the narratives you had together are not matching up anymore. They pull away. You no longer have that romantic love. So then all of a sudden you start feeling though, oh no, like they're just not seeing you correctly anymore. They're not fitting the narrative. So you start latching onto that. You start grasping onto that thing and that brings you various new emotions, various new insights. And that's why it's so intense and sometimes hurtful for people and they have weird reactions and they do different things that they normally wouldn't do because they're in this intense connection with someone that the narrative is now being broken and they can no longer are getting attached to they're no longer feeling the connection or some, or the other person is breaking off the connection because the narratives are no longer matching up and we react weird to that and this is where like the Lacanian thing comes in i also wonder You know, if we weren't able to adapt to the changing narrative, we get attached to it. And sometimes I think it can be narcissistic to get attached to the narrative that we're feeling with someone. So we expect them to validate us in that way, back and forth, back and forth. You know, and I'm purposely like wording this in a way that is generalized so that, you know, you can have your own interpretation of what I'm saying. Um, I'm doing that on purpose, hopefully, hopefully I'm doing that in a meaningful way. I don't know. Who knows? I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, so, so we, so we pursue that in some essence, you know, and, and, and regular relationships, this happens too, but I'm like, I'm talking about the, the, the big other one because, or not the big other one, the Lacanian sense of it and romantic love in that relationship is because. When you have the intensity of the relationship, and I want to kind of have some closing thoughts here. When you have that intensity, when we have a, let's say singularity of our identity or sense of self, we have a coming into a falling away from the thing. You know, you have a singularity of the self beyond a point of no return where the relationship falls apart a little bit. You realize you're wrong about the narrative. You get zapped out of a loop that you were in all of a sudden, you know, I think this is where like people get like re-motivated to do things or change their life or in some way because they're getting zapped out of a narrative they were in. So this is where it's like, can be like this weird self helpy thing and not this like scary, fearful thing, you know? Cause like to me, like we're in this constant flow around the thing. I'm talking about the thing. It's like this constant trying to get close to it, but not too close because then you just literally zap yourself out of being in some sense, metaphorically, I guess. But the thing remains. You know, it's either calling to us or embracing us or haunting us, whatever it is. And sometimes all at once, you know, it should not be defined as uncertainty. I don't think it should be defined that way. But certainty and chaos are part of this thing. So what does symbolic order around romantic love have to do with the thing, you know? So it's like to me, when we experience romantic love, we fall into an unregulated feeling and understanding of ourselves, you know, when we feel a connection with someone, we begin creating a fantasy with that person to explain kind of this connection we have. And I wonder, is that connection a feeling that we are, that we're getting closer to some unknowable object? That's my point. You know, the object that is the thing. You see, like the unregulated state of what is known about oneself creates an environment uh, for the, you know, the extremities of our feelings, you know, to occur. Those moments of, of extremes you know, feelings of what is known or unknown, you know, and broad strokes of like emotions occur, all this stuff. They create moments of insight for us into oneself and our kind of connection to the symbolic. So I think we feel a questioning of our own essence within ourselves, you know, because like the romantic relationship that involves feeling seen, feeling known, or, or our identity being like heard, it conjures up a reaction within oneself of being of kind of like being pushed towards the thing, from the symbolic, you know, um, the other person, yeah, you know, that, that that I'll call them, you know, I'll call them them. The other person, them, begins to kind of feel like a vessel or representation of the symbolic order that allows us a glimpse into our own desire and our drives. You know, we begin to see, we feel like we're we feel like we're being seen by the symbolic order, so the desire and drives that then bring us closer to the state of essence of, in the sense of knowing the thing. That's kind of like my overarching point. So we end up desiring their desire because we desire the thing. And I'm not saying the thing is a bad thing to desire. It's not what I'm saying. It's Honestly, probably like inevitably the thing that you do desire, even if you're like in denial of it. But to be loved to me, I think maybe like for Lacan, is to be recognized by the other. You know, the other in this context can be seen as a form of like a vessel from the big other, you know, those structures, the beliefs, the symbolism, and much more that like allows us to experience recognition of our relationship with that interconnected grand big other. So like consider this as like kind of some closing thoughts here. Nobody, and I mean not a single person is self-sufficient. Not one person. Thus, we demand recognition from other humans. We demand that. We need it. It's part of us. We demand recognition from the other, the symbolic other, for our own sanity. That's how we stay sane. You are not self-sufficient. You don't need more independence necessarily. No. And to come into like loving oneself is to be loved by another. To be loved by another is to be in love with oneself. Those things are connected. You can't do one without the other. You don't necessarily need to do this one and then you can do the other. No, it's all connected to one thing. So to love is to feel as though you have glimpsed into the thing through another to see, be validated by the big other, the symbolic, you know. And once we have recognition from the other, we begin to peek over its horizon. But what is beyond that horizon? The thing that can only be ever glimpsed at and never truly known the thing and the real but yeah i think that's a good conclusion for this episode i hope you enjoyed it and uh tune in next time but it's time for you to get the fuck out my labyrinth <laughs>